Hi, everyone. Uh, we're back again with Technicari, and I am Rafaro, joined by the usual suspect, Ed. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Um, how's been the week? Ah, it's been it's been all right, man. It's it's not been too bad. Uh, I don't know if yours was all right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you know, yeah. It was a week. It was one of the, the better ones. Uh, so I guess that's a good thing. Uh, so yeah, let's 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 get into it. Uh, so, oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, got used to you not being around Valentine. <laughs> So yeah, last week Valentine, you were not around. I'm hurt, um, man. But, like I'm hurt. Yeah, Just like glossed over. The back this. <laughs> no, so as I as I was about to proceed, I then noticed we had three in the core, and that's ah, when I was yeah. like, oh yeah. So good. This guy has so, been missing. <laughs> how is it, Valentine? That's good. How are you? I'm alright. Um, last week you were at uh, in Blawayo and you were attending a hackathon. Yeah. Um, how, how was how was the hackathon? What what came out there? Um, what are the developers in Zimbabwe doing? Oh, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, again, it was my first, and I'm still collecting my thoughts on how useful it can actually be. Um, but I like the angle that at least Podrise is trying to promote local, you know, innovative entrepreneurs and developers. So I'm happy about that. Uh, but the ideas I saw were things that, you know, we've already seen before. But then again, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So as long as, long as you can twist that idea to make, for it to make sense in Zim, then, you know, uh, let's have it. But I was I was a little, a little disappointed by the lack of something novel, like, you know, someone coming up with something novel, which then kind of makes me think what Podrass's criteria is like for, for selecting the finalists. Hmm. Interesting. So it's actually one of the things that we're going to be talking um, about today. Um, so we've got three topics, so just to run down and then we'll continue the conversation. So first, we're going to try to have a discussion on why doesn't Zimbabwe have, for example, its own WhatsApp, which which ties to the second thing we're just talking about. And the next thing we'll talk about is the best prepaid prepaid cards to get in Zimbabwe. And then the last thing would be the best places um, to actually buy things online in Zimbabwe. So to start off, um, yeah, so you, you were saying um, there was nothing new that you saw there, um, the concepts that you've seen being done before um, and you're like, okay, how come how come we're not getting new things from developers? Because we do have developers in Zimbabwe and if we're not getting new things, still, why aren't we getting um, solutions that are catered for, for Zimbabwe? So for example, a WhatsApp, um, but specific to the needs of Zimbabwe with, you know, the mobile money payments we might need to do using EcoCash, One Money, ETC, um, so that we don't have to wait for WhatsApp to decide. Oh, okay, we're moving payments from just India to Africa. Oh, okay, now there's this little country in Africa called Zimbabwe. Let's uh, make it possible for people to chat using their app um, and also make payments. Uh, long story short, uh, yes. <laughs> Why doesn't Zimbabwe have its own WhatsApp or oh, um... something like that? Like, to be honest, I don't know why. I, I, I wouldn't have an answer as to why we don't have our own uh, local solutions. Um, I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a case of that we're, we're probably being held over by the in vogueness, if that makes sense, of, of these big applications like Zoom and whatnot. Uh, they're, they serve a whole host of people all over the world, so it's just easy to adopt or, or onboard onto something like that. Um, 
but if someone created their own solution, we kind of, you know, give it a side eye. Is it safe? Is it this? Is it that? But I think it's important that we have our own solutions. And WhatsApp is a brilliant example. Like it's basically one giant marketplace. Well, Facebook as an entity is now one giant marketplace because Instagram does its own thing. And then um, Facebook itself has got its own marketplace and WhatsApp's got its own, you know, uh, market and shop and stuff like that. So the limitations of those things are what developers need to address. Um, so for example, well, for say, when you want to start a shop on, on WhatsApp, it's it's just a, it's a trip you have to then communicate with the person and then find developers who can help you, you know, facilitate all the functions you want. Uh, but if we come up with our own solution, um, and I know someone is going to be screaming, Sai Sai. <laughs> we, we, we actually talked about this before we started, like Sai Sai, but my, my thoughts on Sai Sai is that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a multinational thing. Um, it's trying to hit too many plot points. The super app is not really specific. It's, it's just trying to do too much at once. Um, and someone just needs to come up with a solution that's like WhatsApp that you can message and communicate on, um, but is native to the So a business person can then go on that platform or that messaging service, communicate their daily business as usual, but also receive orders, you know, get that back room that you don't really get um, from WhatsApp people or something. So someone who can be in, on a, on a budget, like, you know, you start your business on a budget, you're selling vegetables, for example. And then you want to get, you know, you want to put your product out there. Um, you, you just get on, onto the app, you put your products out there, and then you can communicate with your customers. You can do payments on the platform. You can get stats. Because that's one thing, one thing WhatsApp doesn't do is give you, you know, a backend stats to see how your stuff's performing, or at least from, from a non-business user. Uh, I'm not sure if people use the business side of it. Uh, but you don't get any sort of feedback um, because you're selling over the phone and then over mobile money which is something that's outside again. So something that's local that can, you know, help the, the informal market, which is so massive to grow, uh, but without relying on foreign tech. And that, I don't mean foreign in, in any sort of derogatory uh, pejorative. I don't mean it in that us versus them, but I mean, we just need a solution that's meant for us. I don't know what you guys think. You said a lot, eh? Yes. yes. Like I have too many so thoughts much. now. I do that. So when you go, what do I think? I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I was not writing down everything that was coming through my head. Um, but yeah, but the first thing um, that I really wanted to, to, to get into when you spoke about, um, you're not sure why um, this is not there uh, or like why we don't have um, some of these solutions. Mm. So for me, I was thinking it could, have, it could also be a case of like developers is just not collaborating. Um, because yeah, wow, you can build WhatsApp on your own, right? It will take you significantly longer if you're doing it alone because you have to figure out all these different um, components of what comes into a WhatsApp working by yourself. But if you're a team of five or 10 um, and you like subdivide the work, someone's working on the interface that people actually see, someone's working on the database, someone's working on some other component um, that's there, it would take you less time to finish. So could that also be a case of why um, some of these solutions are not coming up just because developers are not um, coming together to, to collaborate? So. I am a developer, right? And it's, say, it's one of the things, yes, it's one of the things that's always been on my mind. So even when I attend meetups um, and I'll be like, okay, um, fair and fine, we're here, we are learning about this new thing, but okay, in the end, what are we going to to have come up with? And I, I don't know, It's it seems to be 
a hard thing to do. Um, I'm not sure why. And this is me speaking from an observer point of view, not from uh, a, an, an organizer who's like working day in, day out to try and figure out, okay, how do we get the community members to build solutions together? But it seems to be one of the challenges that's there in the deaf community. Like, okay, you have these um, groups of people um, who've come together either based on a particular technology and you almost always end up just having a, a, a forum of just question and answer. So someone has a problem, they come, they ask, they get assistance, which is good. Um, or you have discussions about a particular topic um, to do with whatever tech you're, you're, you're associated with. But in the end, you won't come to the end of 2020 and be like, okay, as a community, this is what we came up together and built uh, together. Um, and I, I'm not sure why. Um, there are people who are trying to solve uh, that solution. So for example, ZimDevs Online. So they are doing meetups as well and also trying to encourage people to collaborate, get into um, open source. There's also have flip for loops in Bible. I, I was about to, I was about to go like you know what I'm going to be <laughs> yeah I'm going to be called out for forgetting the name <laughs> um but yeah could that be one of the things well I think it is I think I answered that but what do you think hmm well well I have I have several thoughts on that eh so I think I can condense them into like five so like the first one is for me, what I feel kind of slows down uh, innovation in that regard is the numbers. So like Zim is not a very highly populated place. And also taking into account that the population is low, the people connected to the internet are also fewer than, than the population. And so there isn't that big a market for like, competitive app development because everyone's fighting for like the same person. Um, so I think that's probably one of the things. The other one is generally the economy. Um, yeah, few, there's a little, there's, there's very little disposable income that people have. So it kind of actually leads me to the third point of how that then contributes to the culture of not, um, what can I say, not promoting developers by uh, buying apps or subscribing to services within apps. Very few people actually do that because of just how, um, just how the, the economy is. It just kills that culture. And it removes the incentive for a developer to work on a heavyweight app, like for example, what um, start asking themselves the time effort I'm investing into this will I get my, will I get value out of it? Um, and the fourth one that I saw as well is, um, this is mainly from the MNOs. It's the whole issue of content bundles. So um, to some extent, a lot of the apps that are popular right now, it's because they are made to be easy, more easily accessible because there is a cheaper content bundle to it. Again, something that kind of ties into the economy of things. Um, someone will just use an app because there is a cheaper bundle for it. 
even if it doesn't really fulfill their needs, they just need it to be good enough and that's it. Uh, so yeah, content bundles, um, contrary to popular belief, they, they must fall, but yeah. Wait, wait, if so you have a problem. On the point of content, oh, bundles, yeah, go on. I was like, yeah, wouldn't serve. I know the, the MNOs, look, for example, let's say you're going to go to Ethernet with an idea for an app um, that competes yeah. with, with SciSci, because it's all one big family. <laughs> they would obviously say no. Like, <laughs> we won't give you that. People would have to buy data to to use your app. But then if you, are, yeah. if you, if you approach the other MNOs, like um, Net1, which I mean, I mean almost everybody, I'd, okay, that's generalization, but I think a good number of people have both, either an Ethernet, Net1, or Ethernet, or a Telesel. So you can just approach another MNO and say, listen, I want a content bundle for for my app. It's going to serve X, Y, and Z reasons. And the other ones might not be mm. as pliable or you know easy to deal with because I, I, I'm pretty sure Net1 probably isn't the easiest people to deal with, but I'm pretty sure that if, if they see an angle that can work for them and if you can strike a deal with them, they'll probably afford you at least a trial or a test to see if the app does work in the intended way um, that mm. you're saying it does. Um, and I, I feel like it'd be you know, you, you can at least try uh, to push a content bundle for your for your app. I know SciSci and Econet is kind of, you know, the price hasn't changed in like, I think the last time would be July or March. The price hasn't changed because they're trying to promote it, but it just doesn't serve a need that people need. Like what you're saying, you're competing for the same person. But I think the problem with SciSci is that it's just too massive. You just do too much on it and it doesn't really serve a purpose. But if you're saying that I've got this focused idea that wants to achieve X, Y, and Z, goal only and you go to an mm, MNO and mm. say oh listen we can we request the content but all get it out there test it out um you know people like to see something that at least is out there and working and then you can just listen let's put a can you can you put a content bundle for it um because it, it seems to be getting traction if you go to someone like net one and say listen this could help you steal a bit of market share from Ethernet Ethernet won't be able to ignore you for far too long, I'm guessing, because they'll be like, well, listen, you know, this, this, this thing is, is, is kind of making money. So why don't we design, you know, a bundle or, you know, one or two that are specific for it? I don't know if that makes sense or if that's even possible. Oh, yeah, I think it I think it does make sense. But the magic word there, like what you said, is um, will they be willing? Because... Um, watching it gaining traction or observing it whilst it gains traction is something that would need a platform for it to gain traction. So if I'm going to develop an app and I want Net1 to just trial it out, see how it works so that they can zero rate it, that point to get it to be trialed out might be a bit tricky, probably for Telesol as well. And another thing that plays into a part, which was the first thing I talked about is also the numbers. So your reach, if you go to any other MNO that's not Econet, is going to be, yeah, it's going to already be at a disadvantage compared to going to Econet because they have the numbers. So in a place where the population itself is low, going to a subscriber who doesn't have the biggest market share, to an MNO, sorry, who doesn't have the biggest market share might not be the most appealing route to take, even though it might yield some returns if, if they say yes. Well, but but yeah, like um, yeah. Well, fair enough. But I'm saying at least getting it out there um, is the first step. Um, but then it becomes a, oh, yeah. a, a chicken and egg situation, Valentine, because like what what it was saying, the numbers are they're already reducing 
the the what you call it, the incentive for a developer to work on this solution. And if a developer doesn't have a content bundle, they're already discouraged to to even start working on it because look, you invest into developing this thing and then you're done and then you try to get the content bundle and then you can't. And then all of a sudden, the whole plan of the app is now useless because no one will use it because it's too expensive to, to buy data bundles. And there are very few people already uh, who are on the internet uh, who... So what then do you do? Do you then just go like, okay, I, I can't have both at the start. I need the app to get the content bundle, but then I need the content bundle, a guarantee of the content bundle for me to invest in making the app. Uh, yeah. Got to work with faith. <laughs> Again, that's true though, because you have to be foolhardy sometimes to be an innovator. You can't rely on external factors to favor what you're going to do because then again, an idea is is value in itself. I think that's one of the bigger problems that people don't develop ideas because they think that if I develop an idea and it goes south, it's dead. Your concept still has value. Someone can come and buy that and can then fund your project, can fund your, pro- your further projects. I think that's where the problem is, is that we, we're not brave enough to just say, you know, listen, let's try. Because no great innovation came from things being easy. There was always a sacrifice here and there for you to make until for you to get to the point where you could do something. I'm not saying kill your livelihood. <laughs> and and don't focus on 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 achievable things. Not saying if you have an idea and you think it's good enough, do it. Find out mm-hmm. what happens. Register it. Find, uh, get your copyright for it. Find out what it happens. Uh, find out what happens if they refuse. They refuse. Hold on to the idea, and maintain authority over that that, that concept. One day you never know. You can it might just come to you and say, "Listen, um, we want to buy it," and you 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 name your price. Again, you're 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 still serving the purpose. If they put it into action. Fair and fine, but you've got your cut of the money. You can then now fund your own projects. And then you learn a lot from that experience. Because again, success is not, you know, the, the only destination. Failure is another. But then again, it's the lessons you learn from that. And I think that's that, that's the problem, as well as collaboration. Because again, if you see your friend who's a developer and you're both developing your friends, and you or you know someone's a developer, you can roll people in and be like, obviously with NDAs, because yeah, life is not easy and people will steal your idea. So, you know, get your stuff prepared, get your NDAs prepared, throw people in, like, okay, we've got a project you want to work on, this and that, who's interested? If you're interested, you jump on, we try to do it, and you, you, you lay it out, like, guys, we don't live in, a, in, a, in, in an America where, you know, the venture capitals and, and you know, rich people want to throw money away or throw money at our idea, or people who believe that startups are not, you know, who know that startups are not immediate return, startups are a long-term investment, and you're investing more in the concept than anything else. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if what, what I'm saying makes sense because <laughs> we have a developer here. So I might be speaking, so, you know. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, and you're just essentially saying, hey, you you kind of just have to sacrifice and build this thing and um, see if the market responds. Or uh, for me, I'm, I'm not an idea person of, hey, come up with an idea and then try to sell the idea. I'm more of like, okay, you have an idea, build it out and see if the market um, will, will respond to your idea. If they don't, that's it. Um, you lose some, you win some, and you just have to be willing to take that risk. But there's something that you mentioned where you said um, if if whatever thing you're building is good enough. And I, I, I think maybe that's also why we end up not having uh, a Zimbabwean WhatsApp, for example, because it not only has to be good enough as the current WhatsApp, but it has to be a 10x better than the current WhatsApp. Otherwise, why would I move to your Zimbabwean WhatsApp? And 
um, or a whole lot of other factors then come in um, that are kind of related to what Ed was talking about, the numbers. So now I've got family who's in the UK or the US, they use WhatsApp and I switch to this new app that you built. Yes, it's great if I'm in Zimbabwe, just talking to Zimbabweans, but now I have to convince uh, my relative who's out there to use that app because um, they I'm not on WhatsApp anymore. And I don't want to maintain both WhatsApp and this new chat application uh, unless if it's offering something totally different. For example, you have a WhatsApp and an Instagram or you have WhatsApp and Twitter. It's cool. They're different platforms with different needs. But if it's a straight up duplicate, not duplicate, but it's very similar to WhatsApp, um, but better in some ways, uh, I will most likely have to stop using WhatsApp. So it also becomes that to be like, okay, is it going to be 10x better than WhatsApp? Because if it's not, then it's going to be hard for you to convince the market locally to start using that thing, but then have that local market convince their friends and family abroad to start using that thing uh, for communicating with them or for transacting or whatever it is. Well, yeah, fair enough, but I'll give you an example. Uh, in Ukraine and Russia, they use vContact, which is basically their version of WhatsApp. So mm. we had to keep both as foreigners because they didn't really use WhatsApp. Like it, it's not really used as, as widely as, as, as V contact is, as VK is. So the, what made VK so popular is that it, it served a purpose that is specific to that region. Now I never really used the app that much because some people you can only communicate them, communicate with them through that app. So for me, it's kind of like Telegram where some people don't have uh, WhatsApp and they prefer Telegram because of security reasons or signal. The apps I just keep on my phone in the event that I need to communicate with this person about a specific subject. Um, so, you know, fair enough. But if you put an app, it doesn't have to be 10x better than WhatsApp. It just has to feed a need that is not, that isn't Zimbabwe specific. If it feeds that need, it can be on a user interface level, be not as good as WhatsApp. Again, you know, when something is starting out, it's not going to be perfect. I'm pretty sure you guys can remember when WhatsApp came out, it wasn't the best app. It, it just it was simple. And then it just evolved into this whole thing. But if you can model, messaging service if you take one size okay yeah thank you very much for me for mentioning sasai because that's where i was going to go okay playing devil's advocate right mm. sasai is not like interface wise it's not like much better than whatsapp like what you're saying it's too busy right mm. but then someone could argue and be like okay but i now have all these local type of services that integrate with my mobile money right mm. um isn't that an example of something where there's a need or at least it looks like they thought that was something that was a need in the in the market and they integrated all these um, payment related features into this chat app right um, but for some reason people are still not using it they would still go through the harder way according to Sasai uh, than use their than use the new the new app and still have their whatsapp oh the thing with this is I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with it. I use it just to keep an eye on what's going on on it. So again, I'm prefacing all of this by saying that, yeah, it, I, I have some idea of it, but not totally. So I'm sure there are many of you who have, you know, competing arguments and would like to hear that. But as I say, for me, when something starts out massive, of which it did, in my opinion, it's too much for someone to take in all things you can do with it. And navigating it for me is not the easiest thing to do. Like there are just so many menus, and, and I'm sure most people feel this way. Um, so, 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 
so i guess that's what i was talking about like that's a component of whatsapp being good it's simple it's straightforward easy to navigate so you either have to match that or be simpler but you can't be worse than it okay when i when i meant by and i said you don't have to be 10x better than whatsapp i meant in the sense you don't have to aim for that whatsapp level what it's trying to serve you can be simple bespoke to Zimbabwe. for example so for example if um Ross sends me a message and says, oh no, I need 500 email the cash. I'll give you back in a minute. I'll be like, cool. I'll do it in the, in, in, in the messaging app. Like simply saying, um, you know, uh, a command, for example, saying, let's just use hashtag your cash, for example. And then the app just takes you to the cash menu. And then you can just, you know, send the money to, to the person who pops up USSD or something like that. You know, that's, that's what I think if it does, it's in the app it makes more sense to me that someone would be like, all right, I don't have to leave this Zimbabwean app to go to access my uh, my my EcoCash to make a payment. Someone can just say, oh no, um, you know, you, you want to uh, pay for fuel, for example, you can just put hashtag Zua and then pay Zua and then option EcoCash while you're within that same messaging app. And even even in a chat, that's, that's not even related to what you're doing. So that's what I'm saying. Like if it serves that sort of purpose, people won't need to leave it to do something else. And even, even if it's not a messaging service in, in essence, it can just become that. So as I'm saying, if, if someone can, sorry, let me rephrase that. It doesn't have to be 10 times better than WhatsApp. It just has to be more purpose-built for Zimbabwe for people to, because people will see a need or necessity for it. And we'll say, it, it just makes my life easier. I don't have to move. Therefore, I think this makes sense. Now, saying all of that with Zimbabwe, you never know, because the Zimbabwe market is very finicky and difficult. So you could bring out something that's that useful and people just like, nope, like you said, I'll just go the long way around <laughs> because it's something that's unfamiliar. Uh, I need time to get used to it. Who else is using it? All the, all the points you guys brought up. Interesting. Um, I've got something else, but I want to give it a chance to speak. Yeah, it's been quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been an observant. I've been an observant. So, so yeah, like... Um, like I, I get Valentine's point, the fact that um, as much as WhatsApp is like the most popular messaging app and we're just using WhatsApp for an example of developers, but oh well, it's closer to home. So let's go with it. Um, WhatsApp is is very good in many ways. It's the de facto like social media app in Zim. It's actually the internet of Zim in some regard. Um, but the thing about it is as much as it is so popular, it is not really perfectly suited for the situation that's in Zim, for the needs of the people that are in Zim. There are a bunch of features there that people would be like, yeah, I just use this feature because it's there, but do I really need it? Not really. So like 10X can be something that's not exactly 10 times better than WhatsApp in terms of how WhatsApp works, but 10 times better in terms of the needs that Zimbos have of such an app. And um, that would be cool. Uh, but why we haven't had something like that yet, I guess that's a bit tricky. I, I wouldn't have a specific answer to that. Uh, like, uh... What is the problem? <laughs> so another, <thing. laughs> another, another factor that I wanted to just mention was... Uh... That issue that you mentioned, we kind of touched about it when we're talking about the content bundle and like um, partnering with MNOs or other companies. So that could also be a factor uh, because 
uh, yeah, ask developers, hey, I'm trying to build something that has, for example, mobile money payment um, integration, right, with, the, with their APIs of the mobile money services. It's hard to get that access, right? Uh, so that could also be a factor of, hey, there are things that I need um, to build this app, but they require me to approach this MNO. Um, but then the MNOs are just hard or they have long processes that make it like not worth to even attempt to go and get the access. Um, just even for testing, it's like, it's a whole long process. So you just end up going like, ah, yeah, the environment is not conducive for me to, to do anything. So why bother then sitting down, trying to imagine what I could do in terms of solving um, um, problems that Zimbabweans have. But then on the other end, for me, I would then be like, okay, sure. But then that, uh, I don't think that's good eh, to then give up just because there's difficulties or there are hurdles that you have to overcome for you to Amen. get to build something. I think you still should just sit down and see what challenges are there that you could solve and then how you'd solve them. And then you know, okay, for me to get there, I need to figure out, for example, mobile money payments. Ah, okay, it's hard for me to get a direct integration. What can I do? Okay, is there um, another service that offers um, such type of payment integrations, for example? now they do offer that for developers and they've done a really good job um, to make it easy for developers to pretty much get, just get started. So you could then look at that, okay, what are the fees um, associated if I'm processing transactions with PayNow, does it then make sense, ETC, um, or if there's no other alternative, then you could be the one who comes up with um, that alternative solution if you think out of the box a bit. Um, but yeah, that could also be a factor of why we don't have new innovations coming out um, because we're just not equipped really well um, as developers, which is also another thing okay, to be like equipment even for you to just write the code. Um, here we're speaking from a place of everyone just has a laptop that's powerful for them to build a mobile app sometimes like trying to run Android Studio on your laptop might not be something that's feasible. So you can't even start thinking about building uh, mobile apps. Uh, true. Uh, I guess when we talk about collaboration, I think it shouldn't just include developers. I think there are business people out there or people with business acumen or people with resources out there who are you know, willing to offer those up. And I'm not saying I, I know because I don't want people inboxing me saying, oh, you said this. Inbox, I don't know the funding that you need. Uh, so oh, I'm yeah, not... we'll put his email in the description. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying like, you, you, like, I'm sure in your friend group, you've got someone who went to business school or someone who's trying this new idea. Again, it's sourcing all the relevant, not relevant, but all the resources around you. And be like, yo, my friend, I develop apps but I need someone who can give me a business angle to attack this problem from. What are, what can we do with this idea that can address the problem that ends in? When you get the product out there, you probably have, know someone who's in marketing. You, uh, listen, man, I have this idea. I want to approach MNOs, but I am not, I'm not boardroom savvy. I don't have the, the I don't have the, the, the persona to present something like this. Um, you know, can you do this for me? And slowly but surely, you don't not only build connections, but you build a startup. 
for me, that's that's that, that's the best way you know Zimbabwe can do that. It's just from collaborating with people, you know, and a lot of people are looking for opportunities. So if you've got a marketer, you've got someone in business, you've got an ed who can you know jazz you up and do you nice presentations, you know, make it look smooth and slick, and then you know, you've got you've got a startup, you've got the, the versions of a startup, and you can now approach them with some confidence, knowing that you know you've got a developer, you've got your marketer, you've got a business person, and then you can just grow as, as that goes. So I think the problem is is not just you know single channel or single or in the same industry uh lateral collaboration i think it, it, it goes beyond to solve the problem because you won't be able to do it alone and if it fails like i said before you know yeah, as, as far as i said like mnos are difficult and admin that mnos are difficult to, to approach fair enough but then you guys have you know uh, right if it's called intellectual property over that thing you, you've got ownership of that idea of which you copyright and patent and make sure that it's protected then in the future if someone wants to come and buy it you know you, you've, you've got a price in, in your mind for it and you just keep adapting and involving it while working on other things. I don't know if, if that is feasible in Zim or not because developers, especially with our, don't like to collaborate <laughs> with the rest of the world. Uh, this, guy, this guy, you want them to come with pitchforks. <laughs> hey, I'm not representing developers, by the way. This yes. is just my thoughts yes. and yeah. Don't take them to be the, the law of what developers think or behave like. Uh, but yeah, um, assuming you manage to build um, that um, solution that you have, it then means you're going to be processing payments, for example, because you need a business. And that then leads us to our next topic, which is on the best prepaid cards in Zimbabwe. How was that? Good, right? Lovely transition. Oh, that was smooth. <laughs> I love that transition. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> so yeah, so what are the best prepaid cards to get in Zimbabwe? We've got a couple of options. Um, I know FBC, Mastercard, uh, Bank ABC has a Visa card. Um, yeah, that's that's where my list ends. Uh, but which other which sure, other banks also offer? Sure yes, sure, those. And you can get the Mastro cards. I don't know if, if it was, it's not the same as a prepaid card, but yeah, sure. I think Stuart Bank would be the other one. Um, mm. Can you think of another one? Because I'm, I'm kind of stumped. I've got three. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think those are. Because I'm the just. Only... They can't be only three. Mm. Or the maybe ones, those I think are that... the three major ones, I guess. The ones that are accessible to most people. Or the ones that are pushing. Wait, didn't ZB Bank do something with a prepaid card? The Visa Questa or something like that? Ketso, I think it was, a while back. Mm, I'm not they, sure. I mean, I think they may have it. Or, or, no, they might have a Visa prepaid card. I think they do. Because they did a launch a couple yeah, of Yeah, ZB ago. does that one. Yeah. I remember them launching it. But yeah, I think a couple of banks have those. And I think the reason why we only remember the ones we remember, it's probably because number one, they've been there for the longest time. So we're now familiar with them. But most importantly, but most importantly, number two is um, they are, they offer the best terms when it comes to operating them. So stuff that us broke guys like, you know, like, um, no monthly charges and I was telling uh, my friend Ed. Uh, <laughs> so I was helping uh with deciding which one to get FBC or Bank NBC. And then yeah. it turned out that Bank NBC you pay 50 cents per month the monthly fee, mm-hmm. but with the FBC don't pay. And then I was like, hey, you know, if you're using the card a lot, hey, 
it makes sense for you to go with Bank ABC because it also turned out that Bank ABC is cheaper, I think, uh, yeah, in terms of transacting than FBC. So mm. if you're using the card more, it makes sense to be paying that 50 cents per month. But then if you're not using the card a lot, FBC now looks attractive because you just get the card, no monthly fees, but you pay a higher transaction fee when you actually do transact. I don't know in the end if it ends up equaling, but in my head, I was like, hey, if I don't need to spend the $6 a year, let me not spend it um, because every cent counts. But yeah, kind of hijacked you but yes. Oh yeah, no, no. That was that was actually a, a good point there. Like, hey, like if you don't want to spend the money, then don't spend it. Especially if you're not a person who frequently buys stuff. So, um, I didn't know about that fifty cent fee. That's gonna be interesting. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things that kind of uh, get you thinking of what is the best card out there, and um, I guess some of them. Some some of the iffy things about these cards is that uh, depending on which bank you use, there are some websites that accept some cards and some websites that don't accept some cards. So, yeah, that's always, I, I don't have like the proper list, but I remember there's a card that I tried using on one platform and it wasn't, I think it was, ah, man, I'm forgetting which card it was, but it was definitely on like, uh hp's website so just checking out a few stuff that i wanted to buy from the hp website and the card that i used to try and buy stuff didn't work but trying another card did so yeah some of those uh finicky things about these cards that you might want to to look at apart from the cost well how about convenience though like because I opened the bank ABC, the dialer visa, because I could just do it from home. Um, like it's, it, it wasn't that complicated a process to do because I was a little bit daunted and uh, and I wanted to try FBC. Um, but then I saw ah, you can just get it at home. It's 10 bucks. I think FBC is what, 15 or 20 bucks deposit or payment thing for the first step. So I, I just figured, you know, why not just do bank ABC because it seems easier. So I thought they would legit not show up and, you know, I, I don't trust corporations at all. Um, so, you know, it, I thought they wouldn't show up. And then when the guy came and then I signed the form and I gave him the money, I felt like, you know, that money was just going to go. Because Zimbabwe, you know how it is. Things just disappear. And then to my surprise, the, they called me the next morning wanted to activate the card. And I was like, oh, okay, so it actually, so it actually works. So that process just made me think, okay, listen, for, if you're not the 50 cent charge, because I, I looked it up and I saw that was, there was 50, a 50 cent charge. And I'm guessing that's why they say you have to have that $5 deposit. So... Onika, what you're saying for on if you're using the card regularly, sure, I think it, it, it makes sense, but it's going to go away anyway. They're still going to charge you 50, 50 cents anyway. But I think that 50 cents, it kind of makes it up for the convenience that, you know, you can have that $5 deposit in there and you're covered for most of the year if you're not going to use it. Um, but you don't have to go to a branch and then do that whole hop, skip and jump to get it. And also the requirements because uh, FBC needs you to have a proof of residence and then all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's kind of like, yo, I don't, I, it's, it's a bank card. Like it's, it's, a, it's a prepaid card. Like, can they be less? And with bank ABC, I think it was a copy of my ID. There was no proof of residence. Uh, Cause that usually requires you to get a water bill, electrical bill or someone to verify with an affidavit that you do live wherever you live, uh, if you live with your parents. So bank ABC just took all of that away and just made it easy for me to do it, you know, 
even not even thinking about it. So when they came, it was just a simple process of filling out the form, getting the card, and then being told since he came late that it'll be activated tomorrow, and it was. So I'm okay with the with the with the charge because they kind of made my life a little easier comparing to the fuel that I, I would have to spend to go to an FBC or whichever outlets they use to get that card and then get no charges. I don't, I don't see. I don't. I, I, maybe it's not bad. It's not balancing out in you guys' heads, but for me it makes sense. It's like hey, I'll take the fifty cents a month as long as I don't have to do anything. Although I'll have to go to the bank to preload the card, but the initial process didn't have me leaving where I was to do it. So, so I, I so when you mentioned it, like, hey, you you got the card and you're just home. Uh, my my immediate reaction was just, ah, well, yeah, that's just a one-time benefit, right? Once you have the card, um, how's the experience going to be? Like, uh, but then it is a valid um, point that you're making to be like, hey, is these small little things? So, for example, when you're opening the account, which I think is actually a big one. Uh, uh, what are the requirements? Like what you said with FPC proof of race, it has to be within three months. Uh, and if it's like what you're mentioning, if you're staying with a parent, you then need an extra document to prove that this is your parent um, yeah. so that they align that, okay, this house you're staying in is, we can use it to say, this is where you stay at really. Um, if you're not, it means you have to talk with your landlords to get uh, whatever documents you might need if you're trying to have them. Um, and then the initial, <clears throat> my gosh. Uh, what happened? Yeah. Before? What happened? <laughs> it's the weather. It's the weather. <laughs> so the problem is, I'll just go on a tangent a bit. Mm. So the problem is, I've been taking showers for probably seven years now. Don't bath with warm water ever, even if it's raining, right? So sometimes my body just goes, goes like, dude. Look, the weather is cold. You decided to take a shower in the morning and it was cold. Who do you think you are? Okay. <laughs> like, no, you need to have warmth, not cold. So right now I'm like wrapped in like my hoodie and socks and all that. But like, yeah, sometimes it catches up with me. Right. But tangent aside, um, we're talking about the initial deposit. So with FBC is 20. Um, and then with Bank ABC, I think you said, what, five? It's 10. Uh, five card uh, so five, five is for the account yeah. and then five to put in your card yeah. so that also factors in when you're opening to be like okay um, I don't have to go anywhere I don't have to give them as many documents I don't have to pay as much and I'm sitting at home um, this sounds like a better deal for the initial setup process um, even though to me instantly I was like ah, yeah dude I can just go into town and get the card if I if I if I wanted, but on the 50 cents thing, I was talking about from a perspective, which is also a thing that you'd need to find out, could you see possible? I was talking from a perspective of, I'll mention the thing, but I was talking from a perspective of um, you're making money when you're transacting. So if you're just putting in 50 cents and you're just buying stuff online, right? So you go, you deposit, and then every month they take away 50 cents, even if you don't use the card to pay for anything, or to buy something that ends up feeding back um, income into your life, I think that's an un unnecessary expense at that point. I'd rather then do the 20 bucks, um, knowing that in the long run, I will not be getting a fixed expense every month for a card that I'll use maybe once every Christmas, um, or exam for, for example. So that's where I was coming from, to be yeah, like, okay. hey, do I really wanna attach a monthly expense to my life 
for something I use once in a while, something that does not even have me generating um, any income. So the thing that I was mentioning that you need to find out is, can you actually receive funds um, to these cards? Um, so before that used to be like a straightforward thing that just worked. So you could have money sent to you and it gets into your card. Now I'm not sure if that's still possible to to say you can actually be having some sort of um, payment integration somewhere where you're selling something and then you then get funds to get into your same Visa card or MasterCard account with um, Bank ABC or FBC respectively. Mm. I'm not sure if you can receive money. Because I had a friend who had a, a, an FBC prepaid card on uni and he basically, I think it was his dad's because he would just go and load the card and say, okay, you got the money. It was cool for him because the thing was instant. For us, financial transfer, it took Kachana and, you know, got stressed and then the month and hunger and whatnot, etc. So that's the point. Uh, so I don't think you can you can receive, I think the, the, the premise of it, I think you'd have to find out, uh, anyone listening, uh, these are just my thoughts. I think the premise of it being a prepaid card means you'd have to load it to use it. Um, I think that's one of the conditions. I think if you want something that can receive money, it will probably be getting a nostril uh, account. Um, On that, uh, if a new uh, bank or an existing one was to actually offer a new card which receives payments, I think that would be cool. Like, I'd probably go for that because that option of I, it makes it easier for me to like set up something uh, where I can get money. Uh, while in Zimbabwe, international money while in Zimbabwe and be able to easily transact with it anywhere else, uh, which is where like the other alternatives. So we had, here we're kind of mentioning um, local um, issued cards. So you have your bank ABC or FPC, but you can also get international cards. Um, so for example, there's this company called Pioneer and it's actually um, somewhat popular when you're talking to people who are doing freelancing in, in Zimbabwe. So you can open an account with them and they also have a MasterCard that they can give you with the account provided you've met certain conditions. I think you have to have earned um, 30 bucks or something. Um, but then you this account, you can then set it up with marketplaces where you're selling stuff and you receive money into that account. And then you can move the funds from the account to the card or it happens automatically as well. That's an option. Um, and you can have cards in different currencies and you can then use that card to then buy stuff online or make payments or stuff. So the card is free once you've like reached this, um, once you've qualified to get it. So that could also be an option. Wait, wait, um, you may go on. How long is it a virtual card or a physical card? It's a physical card. Um, I got mine, ah, I don't know, some years ago, 2018, I think. So uh, it was before things got hectic. So, so why didn't you um, tell me about this before? I feel betrayed. Yeah. Did you ask? Did you ask? So that's the thing. Should I just have come out of the blue and went, oh, hey, dude, this this card that I got some it years ago. Good. I would have enjoyed that. Like, it's, it's useful. Like, this is useful. Like, you know, the things I could have done. Could yeah, have but the tricky thing now mm. uh, with Pioneer is that you can't self-fund. So you can't deposit into the card and you can't transfer from an account that's in the same name as your Pioneer account. So the only way to get funds into the account and the card is for you to be 
selling something or offering a service somewhere where people then pay you and then you then get funds into the card. So, yeah. So doesn't that sort of address the need uh, for people who want to address, who in Zimbabwe want to buy stuff, who want to provide services to people in, 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 in or people yes. in the diaspora? Because so you, definitely for, okay, yeah. You can continue with that. <laughs> well, I think you're done because I cut you. <laughs> yes, I'm done because you cut me. <laughs> But yeah, clearly I picked up a bad habit from Farai. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yes, it's very good for for people who are setting up businesses, uh, whether you're freelancing, um, selling books, courses, or you're offering a service, web development, web design, app development, or video editing, whatever it is. It's it is very good for that type of person. But for a consumer, uh, no, because you. You, you'll be frustrated with how you end up getting money into the card. Mm. At least you can buy stuff from it. I was, I was about to say it is yeah. also quiet. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like it, 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 is, it is a bit tricky when it comes to cards re- receiving money from outside. So I still remember asking Stuart Bank way back when, and they were telling me, no, with, with our Visa cards, you can't, um, you can't have money transferred to your account from like outside or from another Forex account. You have to just deposit the money physically there. Um, I, I had not reached out to like FBC and Bank ABC because those are the other two banks that I have. But what I did notice is um, because PayPal, I have a PayPal account and PayPal has a feature where you can move money from your PayPal wallet into your linked bank account. And for all the cards that I have, all the Zim cards that I have, none of them would allow me to do that. Whenever I tried, it would be like, it would give me some error, like your bank is not allowed to perform this operation or something. So yeah, it's it's a tricky one. (laughs) It's a tricky one. Um, I don't know which cards in Zim actually work for such features. I'm sure there are some. I I would like to believe that FBC should have that facility where you can just receive money from somewhere out there directing to your account. The um, but there are the some cards. That's why I'm not too sure now. Okay. I think probably it's for the it's for the nostril one and not the prepaid one. But if it's a prepaid card, which is the easiest one to get, uh yeah. The ease comes with some few restrictions. All right. Ah, did we not make a payment for our voices to to speak? <laughs> oh yeah, we ran out. <laughs> <laughs> the silence just went silence. Um, but yeah, so those are the options. Uh for me, ha, I don't have a bank ABC card yet. I do have an FBC one, which I got again some years ago. Um uh, also had a steward one which expired. Um, but with the steward one. It was cool um, the early times I used it, but I moved to FBC. I don't know why, but there's a reason that I moved to FBC. And then Bank FBC, I haven't tried that one out. Um, but don't be like me. You don't end up having three different cards, um, especially if they're monthly payments, because, yeah, you'll be digging yourself into a hole. Uh, for now, I would say FBC is my pick just because I haven't tried Bank FBC. However, 
bank ABC is also, it's, it's very enticing for me. It's just that I don't want that 50 cents per month yet. You can afford because, it. Yeah. You can afford I it. Can, you can afford I, it. I, I, so it's sometimes it's all about that. Eh? Like you might have the 50 cents, mm-hmm. but then it's just like, dude, I could have used that for something else. So for example, six bucks. Do you know what six bucks is? In a, year, in a year. Like think about it, in a year. I would rather right now use that $6 to buy Joey's pizza. Oh my goodness. You know what? I was actually <laughs> going to buy you Joey's pizza today, but because you mentioned Close. it, I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I take it back. I take it back from it. <laughs> Why would uh, you do that to a man? Because, <laughs> no, like, but, six, it's six bucks in a year. Like, it, I know it's, exp- okay, this is, okay. Again, I might sound like I'm speaking from a position of privilege, and I'm sorry. But for me, it, it's just, it just cut out so much that I needed to do beforehand that I, I could forgive the the, 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 the the charge. Because I'm thinking about fuel, I'm thinking about the car I'm going to use, I'm thinking about the time, especially time, because time is, like, the most valuable commodity we have. So the the... The 30 minutes to an hour it'll take you to get to wherever you need to get to do the applications and probably be sent back home and be like oh no listen why you forgot this or you know the the proof of residence you brought was not the one we needed or it's it's, it's too old or etc you know then you have to come back and then do the process again i, I feel like you know unless okay offset the people were obviously you know prepared and done this a uh, number of times but even that single trip could cost you more in time and things you could other things you could have been doing in that time so for me i can forgive it on that part like i'll take the six bucks a year and not buy for a Joyce pizza. You're not making me sound like I'm very stingy with money. No, like, it's, it's not being stingy. But you see a utility. Certified cheapskate. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I agree with you that, you know, it's good not to have a fixed monthly charge over your head. The less overheads you have, the better, to be honest. But in this particular mm-hmm. aspect, I think it, for me, it makes sense because it just cuts out the number of resources. Because for example, okay, I think for this makes sense is the way I'm thinking is, I'm sure Ed, Ed may or may not agree. I hope he does because I, I don't want to be the lone voice <laughs> of this. <laughs> um, it's like every time you take your car out, you're wearing down components by, you know, point something. So the especially in Zim where, you know, fixing a car or giving a car an engine overhaul or service is expensive. I would prefer to save to save that that that, that asset and then spend money elsewhere because I'd rather prolong the period that I have to go to my next service without having to worry that and I've, I've, I've gone over the miles over to my next service. So it, it just preserves an asset. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Also fuel, not really cheap. You know, it's gone up and, you know, it, I don't really want to have to deal with, you know, putting fuel in the car. Even if I'm getting uh, public transport, again, that's a cost because it's going to take time for me and where I stay, getting a combi is not the easiest thing to do. So, you know, that's time that I'm going to be wasting standing. If I'm going to get a taxi or a fire, again, that's a problem because that's, what, 10 bucks? To go get it and then pay the deposit if it's FBC screen. And I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about FBC. I'm probably going to open one just to experience it. But you know, it's that 10 bucks plus 20 bucks to get it, and then whatever I transfer needs to get back and the hour, hour and a half out of spent being out there, which means I've missed an hour and a half of things I could other things I could be doing to generate income. So it's yeah, that, that, that's my that's my thought process. Hopefully it makes sense. And it better agree because I don't want to be alone in this. I don't want to seem like the only crazy person here. <laughs> Well, how 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 I'd approach that one is pretty similar to how you're saying that. Um, what's the cost of the saving that I'm getting doing something over just paying for something? So yeah, as you rightfully say, like moving around is a bit of an issue. Like it's one of the biggest issues that kind of frustrates me when it comes to uh, loading up the cards. 
I have to actually go to a bank and be in a queue where I have to wait so that I give them my money. So that's kind of, it, it kind of sucks. It's an experience that sucks. And yes. it's an experience that you'd want to avoid as much as you can if there is a way of paying a very small fee for the convenience. But again, like it's, it depends on what convenience is to you, you know, like that um, I saw, I don't know if it's an Africa thing or a Zim thing, but it's how, it's how we don't really value our own personal time when it comes to whatever tasks that we do. So people, people will say, Hey, if, if, if I'm just going to stand in a queue for an hour so that I deposit money, it's fine. I mean, I'm not paying to stand in the queue, so so it's okay. But then when you see what you could have done in that hour that you were standing in a queue, you'll be like, ah, man, is my time worth this? <laughs> and that's that's the sort of convenience that some of these services then bring out. So it six bucks is six bucks is is a nice, is very nice pizza. I would I would love to I'd love to support uh, Rufaro there. I mean that's a that's Joey's pizza we're talking about there, so <laughs> definitely. But if it's at a cost where you add up what you're losing from just saving that six bucks, it can get to a point where a conservative way, uh, let me pay the six bucks or someone else would say, actually, no, I'm good. I'm good with the hustle. I'll make it work. Sorry to prolong this a little bit longer, but um, a while back, uh, I did an article about outdoor payment terminals. And when you brought up, like, I would like a convenient means of which to deposit money. So I'm not calling anyone out here, but someone in the comments said this is an impractical thing for Zimbabwe because of all the stuff that you have set up for it to make it work, right? And I was like, yeah, I get the point. But with prepaid cards, for someone not to go to the bank, an outdoor payment terminal at your closest shop, for example, for me, it's, it's green crop shops. So... If I go to Greenbrook Shops and I put 10 bucks in my bank ABC card to preload it, it saves me, and I can walk there. It saves me the time and, and all that to get into town. So then why aren't banks bringing these innovations, you know, even with a charge, like a, a deposit fee? I would take that, honestly, to not wasting time and other resources to be able to go to my nearest bank ABC, which is far, which is a bus car right away. So why aren't banks looking at something like that as I would see it as a convenience to be honest to say okay I'll pay maybe maybe just doesn't make sense okay like like in terms of for them to invest that um, given either one the number of people are using these cards or number two the spread of the people because if you have in Harare people are spread all over you're going to have to set up multiple um, of these um, deposit points to cover um, all of them. And at that point, you might then be like, ah, well, yeah, just go to our branch. Our branch is the deposit points. It's just unfortunate that they're not close to everyone else. Um, they're not close to everyone because, yeah, we can't open a branch everywhere as well. No, but then again, if you're looking at it like that, it could be a case of the, the, pay, the auto payment terminal doesn't have to serve one need. It can do other things as well. You can do deposits. People can do withdrawals. You can do, you know, like an ATM, but you know, like those South African ATMs, basically, where you can both deposit and withdraw money and do other transactions and stuff like that. I think it would serve a greater purpose if, if it was in, in that respect. It doesn't have to be an, you know, an OTP in, in, in any respect. It can be one of those ATMs where you can actually deposit. 
but giving your customers that kind of convenience with a charge. Again, revenue generation is one thing that most banks cry about or most companies probably cry about. And that's an excellent way, to be honest. If you got a prepaid card and you want something close, okay, you can go to the close thing, but you're going to pay X amount. So on a day that you're in town, fair enough, you can go to, to your branch and then go deposit. But on a day when it's something that needs to be done pressing, it's worth taking the charge to be able to meet the need that is that is just arisen. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it it makes sense on on my end. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm with you on that one, I guess. But yeah, on the pizza one, I know. Uh, uh, it's gone, man. It's gone. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Give the man a pizza, bro. <laughs> uh. Well, at this point, I talk about joys a lot. They should just make me a brand ambassador, you know, like uh, oh, sure, okay. yeah, I would. I would I wouldn't mind like being the person who tastes the new recipes before oh, they come out, like give them feedback, you know, like, oh, I think the crust could change just a little bit. I'm not saying I'm a pizza expert or anything, but I'm an enthusiast who is very much willing to be part of the process of making great pizza, which they seem to be onto something there. But Valentine disagrees. Uh, we'll start a pizza podcast. Uh, oh, Live. <laughs> I shouldn't have these thoughts. I never thought of this. Uh, but the reason why we are talking about the best cards uh, that you can get in or prepaid cards is because you might be wanting to buy something online, uh, which then comes the question of, okay, what are the best places to buy things online in Zimbabwe um, if I do happen to have a prepaid card or a way to pay? So... Yeah, I haven't actually done much online shop uh, in a while. Uh, and yeah, for me, it was Amazon. But then the problem with Amazon, as we all know, is the shipping fees, right? If you're going to not, if you don't have someone who can help you get the stuff locally um, from the US or UK, you're going to pay a hefty price in terms of shipping um, fees as well as the duty stuff. But there are companies that seem to be springing up locally that are making that are that will be that person who helps you to get the stuff um, into Zimbabwe. And for them, they seem to have figured out a way for you to not end up paying those uh, what I would call ridiculous um, shipping and duty prices. Uh, there's this one that I came across recently. I haven't dealt with them again, uh, but I've seen good um, reviews. Um, from people on Twitter who have used them. They're called 263 Titans, um, mainly based in Blau Isle, well, kind of, kind of only based in Blau Isle, um, but you can choose um, things that you want to buy online from South African um, shops. And they they do have um, a somewhat, I don't know whether it's limited or what, but take a lot, Mr. Price, Ackermans, um, Edgar's, Clicks, um, so those are like some of the supported shops that they that they that you can buy stuff from um, from South Africa through them, and then they deliver to to your place if you're in if you're in Blauio. And they say it takes about 14 to 21 days for that to happen. Um, so this would be my contribution to the best places. Again, Asterix, I've not used them. Uh, but two people who I very much um, take their their recommendations seriously have used them and they have positive um, reviews about them. But do you guys know any other companies or other best places if I want to buy something online and I'm in Zoom? 
nope. I, I, I'm unfortunately on this one. I'm actually looking for a place where I can buy uh, a Rode um, a USB mic. And I've been looking up and down and can't find, you know, uh, somewhere I can get it, a company that I can get it locally. So I'm, I'm going to try to see three titans and see if I can get it. Or if, they, if they cover the store, they can get something like that. Uh, but it, there was a one you used a while back. Uh, and I think Farai used it as well to get a steering. What was it called? Oh, yeah. Um, those guys are called uh, Gizmo Tech Store. So, ah, yeah. So they actually they actually look like they have their own like online store where they just um, sell a bunch of stuff. Once saw the PS5 listed there, well, they were saying coming soon, so that was interesting. But I have used them a bunch, so I've used them how many times now? I think it's three times now. Well, three sets of orders, not three things. Um, but yeah, they they're pretty. So from my own experience, they're they're pretty much reliable. Um, they usually ship the stuff within the time frame that they would have told you. So their their shipping time is usually about fourteen days from when you actually place an order. Um, but otherwise, yeah, so long as they can find the stuff, they can get it for you. So it might be a good place to try for for those rope mics that you're looking for. All right. So in terms of payment, like how would I then? make an initial payment all right so so for payments that um you can organize with them they usually say that uh they want a 20 us dollar deposit for whatever order it is that you want to bring and then you can pay it as cash um i usually well sometimes i use paypal so i just send through the cash via paypal and they'll just accept it so yeah they it seems like they are pretty flexible you can pay using cash or other forms of acceptable payments um and you're good to go okay cool uh so you never had an issue where like you ordered something and then it didn't come in the right specification or it didn't come you know in in good order like the, the breakages um missing components uh -huh. So I'd say there was only one hiccup um, with with one of my orders, which they handled well, I guess. So because I was doing an upgrade on my laptop, um, if you want to know what I'm talking about, I'll put the link in the description, but there is a video where I take apart my laptop and upgrade some bits. So some of those bits was uh, the SSD. And um, I had ordered the one terabyte SSD uh, but when it arrived, it was the 500 gig. It was a 500 gig SSD. So yeah, well, upon arrival, they just informed me, hey, um, this is what arrived. Um, if you don't want it, we'll keep it because your one terabyte is on its way. We then realized that there was a shipping error later on when this had already been shipped. Uh, but if you want this, we can just give it to you. Then you can then, um, you can then, pay for the other one later or you can cancel the other one um i was desperate because my <laughs> my c drive was in the red and i didn't know what to delete anymore it was just 128 gigs so i took the 500 gig um then when the terabyte arrived i took that one again then 
I hooked my homie up with the 500 gig. You can't me to buying the 500 gig. <laughs> Don't you sell it to me? Like, I'm looking for a drive. These guys. Okay. Hey, walk, no one me. likes you. Valentine. I can see that. Like, on the outside. <laughs> we like you a lot, bro. So is there like a yeah. tracking thing? Like, can you track your order as it comes or you just have to put faith and say, you know, it, it'll come? Yeah, so not there's not really a tracking service uh, when it comes to your order because like how the ordering process actually works is you can just send the guys a link to the product that, that you want to buy. Well, usually just for like details and specifications so that they know exactly what you want. So rather than just telling them, Hey, I want an iPhone. You'll be like, hey, man, I want the iPhone 11 Pro Max 64 gigs. And this is the link so that you get exactly what you want. Um, and then from there, they just take over. So they'll just inform you, hey, um, we have shipped your product. And then they'll give you like an estimate of how of when they they think the product will will arrive. So their estimates so far have been pretty accurate. So, yeah, so- you can trust them. Well, so, in my case, I can trust them. Ah, okay. So going back to what Rafael said about shipping fees, like what 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 charges am I looking at if I, let's say today, which I'm going to do, <laughs> send them the link to the to the mic and the boom arm that I need. Um, you, what what shipping costs am I looking at? Do they charge per size of the item? Do they charge like how does that work? So the shipping, it's very difficult to calculate the shipping because when you send them a link to the product that you want to buy they're not going to buy the product from the website that you, from the website in the link that you sent them. They will look at where they can get it that's most convenient for them so that the product arrives as quickly as possible. So the prices may differ a little bit, but from, from my own experience, the prices, the price deviation when it came to those to the stuff that I bought was, I don't know, I think about five to 10% of the total value of the product. So my assumption was that is their like uh, shipping fees and whatever other costs they, they would have incurred bringing that in. Okay, cool. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check it out um, because I really need a, a mic um, for, for reasons I can't disclose. Uh, <laughs> 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 working on a secret project i see any secret project well i guess oh sorry to steal the mic from you for but i guess um online shopping kind of works with stuff like buying food as well because like i guess that's the one thing that most people would have done quite often um is like buy stuff from joey's pizza from dial delivery from tazan eats so it's kind of, is, is, it, is it fair to classify that as kind of like um, online shopping or it really isn't just to be international or I don't know, something to be classified as online? So here online shopping, I was just seeing like the Amazon type of places uh, where you can buy a variety of things. But hey, if I were to say the best places to buy food in, 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 in online in Zimbabwe, that's a whole different like topic. Like... I, we can go there because the boy over here has has done some some online <laughs> shopping. He's and got some food, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had some some interesting experiences over over the years. But yeah, that's where I was just being it from. If you want 
uh, either a new gadget, appliance, or something. Like the typical things you buy on Amazon, etc. So I think we'll save the, the which is the best pizza place, pizza service, or food service. We'll save that for later because I've got some <laughs> interesting observations I've made about Joey's Pizza. No, I won't <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Don't tempt me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I think um, for this one, that's that's about it. Um, hey, we the only major two um, companies that you could use to buy stuff online in Zimbabwe. Um, we probably don't know a lot that are out there. So if you know some, do let us know. Uh, which ones you've used or have seen being recommended by people. Same thing with prepaid cards. Uh, we've only pretty much dealt with three of them. Uh, there could be some bank out there that's offering a secret deal, not secret, but a good deal that we just don't know about. Um, so keen to hear your thoughts on that. And the big one, which we spent quite a while talking about, uh, which was about how come we don't have um, our own WhatsApp or, you know, innovative solutions coming from Zimbabwe because we do have a lot of developers and who oh, there are some very talented developers out there, skilled, skilled um, developers out there. And yeah, uh, Zimbabwe seems not to be benefiting a lot um, from, from, from that talent and skill. Um, so yeah, let us know your thoughts on those three things that we talked about um and yeah share this podcast with someone and you know you can always uh, i'm very much grateful if you just you know go to at joey's and you tell them hey there's this guy called rufaro and you know he's really keen on becoming your brand ambassador and beta pizza tester that's my plug for this week this is unhealthy (laughs) (laughs) what a plug man that's it for me. Thanks. Uh, I'm sure Ed has got some videos he wants to tell you about. Oh yeah, there's a lot of videos coming out. You better you better make sure you're subscribed because you don't want to miss them. Starting to try some new things and yeah, you know me. I, I always try new things. <laughs> uh, well, I don't okay. nothing. Just to say you don't know how to say bye. <laughs> me, no. I don't. Uh, all I can say is Joyce Peters, the third best pizza in Zimbabwe. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Joyce actually is pretty good. It's pretty good. Not not not, not up there, but but it's good. Um, and I will torture him. I'll continue to torture him with with the promises of pizza. Um, <sighs> Sad life. But yeah, I, I shall not cry. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.